0: This is a homebrew podcast.
1: Slay the Stars is a D&D actual play podcast you're looking for. A dark fairy tale cosmic fantasy. Now that's what I'm talking about.
0: Listen in every other Tuesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time on any major streaming platform. Slaythestars.com. Persomnia
1: Astra.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MythCraft, the podcast. I am Kyle, and I am your MC for this adventure. Please welcome our admirable anarchists. Uh, we'll start with Cody.
1: Old man Harlow, I'm excited to be in a new bar in a new city, uh, getting me some drinks.
2: And Mal?
3: Thistle Featherfoot, I'm ready for my next adventure.
2: Nathan? Hildegard, looking for more friends. Roger? Lucian Delware and... Del Wever, and- would you consider me a client and tanner hi i'm friend have you seen the me in the water perfect and andy huh? and andy
4: <laughs> it's okay curious it's um a shadow on the wall you're supposed to forget about me anyways
2: <laughs> all right perfect and i'm gonna pass it to nathan <laughs> real quick for a few announcements
5: Yeah, hey everyone. Uh, We are giving away free core rulebook PDFs for a limited time, so listen to this entire episode and you will hear the code for the free core rulebook giveaway. Uh, Also, I just want to be sure it's on your radar. Veil of the Eternal Night is Mythcraft's next Kickstarter. That launches January 30th, so just a couple weeks from now when you're hearing this, hopefully. Um, And it's going to be this (laughs) massive... uh, Campaign setting written for both Mythcraft and D and D Fifth Edition. It's a grim, dark, gothic horror vampire campaign. So, all of your favorite like Bram Stoker references, your favorite Castlevania Berserker references, like all all of those classic vampire tropes. It's going to be a great time. Uh, get signed up at. Foden.MythCraftRPG.com to stay updated on our Kickstarter progress there and get excited for our launch on January 30th. That's all for this week.
2: All right, now we're going to jump into it. So where we left off last session, we had gotten introduced to our fantastic adventurers. Through a series of interesting events, everyone had ended up in a small tavern Here in Posh, a little bit later on in the evening, Kiris had discovered through speaking to some individuals about a very important meeting that was occurring at the university with some representatives from Chausrin. And that is where we are going to pick up in this small, very warm tavern. We have Harlow and Thistle sitting at one table, enjoying their meal. Lucian Dowery sitting in one corner, surveying the tavern. Hildegard and a friend seated at one table. Hildegard finally getting some food and uh, able to clean herself up. And Cutis seated, contemplating on her mission.
4: So Cutis, as soon as she sees Lucian walk in and sit down, catches her eye real quick. So she she stands up. This six foot two fiend blood appearance of an Anubis type with these long pointy ears that almost look like horns, though. These deep black eyes, but dressed all in white. A very, very contrasting, nice look to her fiendish nature. And she immediately just beelines it straight towards Lucian.
6: Immediately start to ponder who I have wronged or upset in the past.
5: Heading straight toward Lucian would cause Kyries to brush near Hildegard, who would glance up and see curious this massive, hondu-looking, canine-looking fiend blood, uh, as opposed to Hildegard, who's a human, uh, like, 16-year-old girl, and she just shrivels up into this little ball in her chair and just looks down <laughs> at her food and makes no motion as Kyrgios passes near her.
4: I want to pat her head.
5: As you
6: start making your way through the tables over towards Lucian, um, immediately looks up at you, eyes kind of wide, a little bit of fear, confusion. Um, trust me, um, before you say whatever it is you you're about to say, I have one of those faces, really, um, if you think I've wronged you in the past, if you've since maybe heard of me, uh, I trust, promise, I've never seen you, I've never met you, it wasn't me. You see this individual about six foot one sitting at the table. Um, you could tell that they're from the university here in town, but you'd also can tell that uh, they look they look hungry, right? Not just for knowledge, but they're eager to get their next meal. Maybe it's been a little bit since they've had some. And although their clothes are taken care of quite nicely, and there's so much care done to this like medium wavy bob that they have parted to the side and kind of topped over, uh, their th- clothes threaded. Re-sewn with care, almost like there's great intention on how they look, even though it takes a lot of work to maintain that.
4: Um, yes, I I was going to say you have one of those faces. That's actually kind of why I came over here. Um. I saw you come in and based off your appearance, I thought you might be able to assist me with something. And it sounds from your introduction that You actually might.
6: Well, there's certainly no doubt that I can help you, but, uh, here, sit, 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 sit. And he kind of, like, kicks from under the table the other side of the chair so it's easier for you to sit down. Um, the name's Lucian. Lucian Delwery. And who who do I have the pleasure of speaking to?
4: My name is Kiris. You don't need to know my last name. I don't feel like we're that familiar yet.
6: Well, your name is your name. Very well. How can I help you this evening?
4: So, I'm new in town, um, and I need to get into the university. And you are very obviously from the university. There's some big meeting going on in approximately 50 minutes or so, and I need to get into that. But I don't have credentials. You have credentials. (laughs) Well,
6: well, I... I am quite important you right you caught me from across the room and you you read that quite well Um, I'm mm-hmm. sad to say they've just they've just run me out of there as well it's some hush hush I was speaking to one of my professors and even they didn't know who was coming in exactly so it, it must be important so while you are certainly reading this situation correctly I am quite important I seem to maybe potentially be lacking the specific credentials for this situation.
4: I mean, just look at your face. I feel like you could just talk a bunch and get in. Oh,
6: well, now that you say that, that sounds like a splendid idea, actually. I Hold on, hold on a moment. I feel like... Uh, you see, he like, goes back in time to think about this ethics class that he just came from.
4: I feel it behooves
6: <laughs> me to ask why you want to make it to this meeting.
4: Why do I want to make it to this meeting? I came here to learn about the local politics and the culture and everything going on and that is some kind of political meeting according to the random man over at the table there and she just points to like the professor that's still sitting. He's very rude. Don't go talk to him. Um, Most of them are. And I feel like this would be the best place to learn is sitting in on the meeting.
6: Oh, well. Very well. I'm sold. It sounds fun and that's really all I'm interested in
4: well, that that was easy
6: <laughs> oh oh I can I can here here try again try again I'll, I'll I'll make it more challenging for you if you would like
4: no I I don't want it to be more challenging actually if you're looking for fun though we could make this a little bit more interesting
6: like it leads in across the table go on
4: so the meeting is kind of important but also I feel like it would be really funny to just a lot of people in there that aren't supposed to be in there and she just like looks around at the people in here and she's just like gesturing towards the large golem (laughs) and the 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 bright squirrel (laughs) and the 16 year old girl you know as you said you're you're very important
6: i did say that yes and
4: obviously very skilled and obviously very skilled you'll have no issue at all
6: yes you said that and you were right continue
4: yeah, so I feel like <laughs> this is a great test of your skill oh. to be able to get them in there too, mm. for fun, fun and chaos. Oh, chaos! Um, a,
6: a, a, a moment, if you um, would be so kind. Um, and you see that he kind of like leans back and like starts rifling through some of his bags to see like what optional shenanigans he has available at this time that he may need for this evening um, also notes that he's got like five silver coins to his name and was very interested in coming here to make some money and get a good place to stay and he mutters to himself uh, well work we can wait okay um point out the marks and let's get this done
4: she's just gonna turn to hildegard and be like hey hey kid
5: Oh, we have to work
6: on that. That's, no, That's that doesn't go good in public.
4: Nope. Um, excuse me. Uh, me? Me?
5: Hildegard glances over and then just stares back at her food. Um, her hair kind of, like, falls on either side of her face. That whole, like, if I can't see her, if I can't see that massive fiend blood <laughs> behind me.
4: <laughs> yeah, yes, you. I'm sorry, excuse me. She just, like, looks at Lucian. Excu- it's only polite. Excuse me. It's only polite. I don't. Why would I say that?
5: It's all about appearances. Hildegard slowly, like, moves around and looks at the two of you. What? Uh, uh, yes?
4: Do you want to go on an adventure? No. <laughs> <laughs> why, why not? What are you doing now that's so important? I, I'm eating. It's
5: proper delicious, too. I haven't had broccoli cheddar in <laughs> four years.
6: i only had broccoli cheddar tonight? Oh my.
4: I was gonna say you could eat that on the go, but that sounds a bit difficult to eat on the go, actually.
6: It's never the same when it's not as
5: hot as either. Right, I haven't had a one meal in quite a long time either. I'm quite enjoying this. Um, but right. why? Who? What, what business do you have with me? Do you think I'm someone else? Like we've we've never we've never met before? Why does
4: everybody keep saying that?
6: It's your. It's your. It's your presence I think it was the certainty with which you walked over and commanded the area G- kudos to you mind by the way um
5: I, I I hope you don't mind I, I was uh eavesdropping it J- just just at the smidge you said that there was some kind of uh important meeting there uh you, sir, oh a- at the university yes
6: yeah they, they um I was coming from one of my recent lectures and they said that they had shut down the rest of the university for some, some some bigwigs some important individuals for some meeting and I was coming here for the evening but um now that I think about it he kind of gestures back across the table to uh, and I'm, it sounds like I'd much rather be there in fact and mm-hmm. I feel like if we're going to attend I feel like we should bring some other individuals you look uh, and apologies uh, sweet child you do look new to town and i be more than happy to get you acclimated and introduced to some important individuals here in town, get you established and like slowly pans his head (laughs) to the right and a little bit up to the large golem there and then just sticks out a finger and you, you might be a challenge. In fact, you might be the greatest challenge I've faced yet. Let's say you, let's say you new friend, do you have any interest in going into... Yeah, the university learning a thing or two.
5: He knew your name.
6: Yeah how did you know that I'm a new friend? No I just I just I just met you so uh, it's, turn a phrase sorry if I misspoke I a new acquaintance if that's better for you. Are you do you know you you're talking a whole lot about everybody. do you know my creator? Well my oh hold on, hold on. Um, and it looks again across to this new fiend blood <laughs> hondu that I've met um, certainly I have had no part whatsoever in the creation whatever you have heard about me with anyone else uh, no you are mistaken good sir you are mistaken I'm sorry you said your creator what do you mean
4: oh you're not his creator no,
6: that's not, that not that I'm aware
5: of friend is looking for his creator I, I'm, I'm just looking for somewhere where I can uh, you know be, be safe have a nice meal Hildegard looks down at her bare feet, freshly washed but still shoeless. Getting acclimated does sound nice. I think you can maybe at this at this meeting there'll be someone who can direct me somewhere where I can I don't know find find socks, find a a, a roof for my, for for me head. For me friend here.
4: If you come, if you stick with us, we'll get you shoes.
5: Oh, I'll get you so
6: many socks. Do you have a preference?
5: I I'd rather like plaid.
7: Oh. We're looking for friends, as well. Will there, will there be friends there? Not more of me friends, but more of these friends.
6: I'm friend, by the way. Oh, oh, oh. I'm friend. Oh, I, I understand. I see the confusion now. Um, but,
4: friend. Your friend.
6: I am Lucian. Lucian de is friends, a pleasure to not meet you. you,
4: friends. I'm curious and I'm very confused by you. A golem will stand <laughs> up
7: and... Uh, you see just six-foot uh, humanoid-esque gray stone covered. Uh, n- I don't want to say chest hair, but almost chest hair-like with moss. And the the stones are very clearly <laughs> held together by the the vines. And the, the, the make of the golem, if you were to remove the rocks, would just be a stick figure of vine. But then you piece the rocks together, and, and he's relatively hardy and Golem would stand up and point to the wooden sign that is hanging across his chest. This says my name, and it's actually a sign that says Posh.
4: Uh, I'm friend. Hildegard taught me that. That that says Posh. What? So is your name Posh, or is it friend? Golem will
7: just look to Hildegard.
5: Hildegard will look to Kiris, and then immediately her gaze drops, and she looks away from Kiris, and she'll say kind of to the ground, Well, I, I guess... Maybe that's just, like, a post on the side of the road, then, if, if it says Pash. I I, I can't read. I thought, I thought it said friend because he was acting so kind. He was acting like a friend. I still think you're a friend, but maybe it's not your real name. But can I keep calling you friend? Yeah, no, I, it, I think Hildegard's right that
7: I am friend, and I know that I also can't read. So Hildegard was just looking out for me because I couldn't read it. So... Yeah, I am friend. And this does say
6: posh.
4: Curious just looks <laughs> solution. Those are two of the mocks. Um, <laughs> Definitely. De-
6: <laughs> de- oh, understood. Um, I mean, to be honest, I've got a couple extra pairs of socks right now, and I feel like if they can't read, this is going to be quite simple. <laughs> Leans back over to the <laughs> two. Um, <laughs> you know what? I can tell you one thing for certain. Me? This one right here? Kind of points over to the Kyrus. We are, in fact, going to be your... To new best friends. We can get you into the university. We can ensure you meet the right people. I can even teach you how to read if you're so interested.
5: Well, that would be nice. I won't make any more mistakes like that if I can uh, read the science on the road. It would be helpful. Very helpful indeed. Thank you, kind sir. And um, yeah. She'll just go silent again.
6: Well, you're welcome. You should you should finish eating your broccoli and cheddar. It is Quite good, or so I've heard. Um, we have a few more things to gather um, before we head off uh, for for the meeting. Yes. Um, so feel free, e- eat up, eat up while you can. And kind of like looks back over to Kirish with like a very like knowing like grin <laughs> on his on his face. All right, that's too easy.
7: Friend will lean over to Hildegard and just like as quiet as possible. He seems really nice.
5: Yeah, I like him.
7: The other one is. She looks so scary, but so nice at the same time. I'm not sure how to read that one.
5: I think she's hiding something. I don't think she's as nice as she thinks she is. She scares me. (laughs) Her eyes are blacker than a solar eclipse. (laughs) She's not
7: like any of the creatures I saw in the forest. I'm afraid of her,
5: but, but, um, I, I don't know. As, as long as we're together and that other fellow, he seems nice enough, I... Well, she, she won't hurt us in front of all these other people, right? Oh, I, I, I
7: sure hope not. I'll protect you. I will make sure that the scary, nice person will have to go through me to, to get to Hildegard.
5: Thank you, friend. Hildegard would go about finishing her soup. And um, I mean, again, she's freshly washed for the first time in a few days, but she'll just try to make her like kind of rag like clothes as presentable as possible find like a scrap of yarn and do her hair up in kind of like a ponytail
4: curious is gonna gesture over towards the old man and the club and squirrel i think they should come too you think these two uh yeah all right
6: you're in charge here let's uh, uh wh- do you oh, know? Oh,
4: no 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 i hey
6: hey this is your plan this is your idea i'm just i consider myself the lubrication for for making your vision your dream happen here
4: don't don't ever say you consider yourself lubrication again. That's
6: <laughs> you see, he, he pulls out his book uh, that he has kind of strapped to his side, and you would watch as he crosses out other optional phrases, and he says, okay, that one, that one didn't stick too well. I like, can note it and put the book back away.
4: Do, do you want to introduce us this time? Because uh, well, I, I scared mean- the little girl. It's a super little book compared it's to hard, us just quite. It's little.
6: hard to it's hard to tell how individuals will react to kind folk like us. Uh, but yes, I do. Let's go. And he starts walking over there. Across <laughs> the bar, closer to the bar to the table nearest where the where the old man and uh, the colorful squirrel located.
3: Can I roll an eavesdropping check just to see if how much, if any, of that conversation I was able to hear?
2: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> not a, oh, a peaked. <laughs> oh, that is a one.
2: So with that nat one. First
4: roll. <laughs> getting it out yes. of the way now.
2: <laughs> you, uh, yeah, I mean, Thistle's just been having some conversation with old man Harlow. Uh, <laughs>
4: the broccoli
3: cheddar's really good.
2: <laughs> just, just discussing all of his old exploits and just a little too loud, almost, uh, and heard nothing.
6: Uh, so as... Lucian uh, is kind of walking around the backside of Harlow, coming up to the open seat next to, to Thistle there. Um, oh, that kind of knocks on the table. Excuse me, um, you two. Do you mind if we join you? Um, and like looks around to the rest of the establishment here, and there's some regulars in very well. But you two, you, you, you seem you seem new. You seem excited. I haven't recognized you or seen you around here. I was curious if you might be i don't know interested in some conversation maybe an opportunity uh do you mind if we sit?
3: Opportunity? i don't mind at all what kind of opportunity
6: oh, oh, oh. well and he like looks around to see if you've like already eaten or if you're like currently in the process of eating to know like how much he has to like spit out quickly before you can ask too many questions um well actually here in my my, my friend and he points over to Kyrus. um We were just getting ready to head over to the university here in town. There's a very, very important meeting. We were hoping to gather some individuals who, like-minded, like us, of course, who might be interested in hearing the hubbub, some of the important news, some of the important business. It seems as if there's some very important people present in this and, again, looks around at the establishment. And I don't know about you all, but I... I want to hear. I want to be in the room. I want to know what's going on. And you two... You two look like you might be like-minded and interested as well. What do you say? You care for an adventure this evening?
3: That sounds like so much fun. Harlow, what do you think?
4: So much fun?
1: I don't really know. It doesn't seem like a good idea, but... Uh, I don't know. I mean, if that's what you want, we're here for adventure.
3: Oh, come on, it's my first time in the city. Let's go do something exciting.
1: Well, uh...
0: I kind of, you know, old man Harlow he's this like really old hunched over man, he's got like a cane he's got his bag of things next to him, he's got a great big beard and a really receding hairline with just like a little isolated puff of hair on his forehead there and he very quickly seems to like size the two of you up and says,
3: yeah why not excellent, when do we leave?
6: Lucian kind of, like, leans back to see what Kiris is doing, and with his eyes, he's trying to communicate, how is this going
5: so smoothly?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Kiris just looks baffled.
5: (laughs) Lucian just has one of those faces.
4: She's, like, a step behind Harlow, and she's just like, I don't fucking know.
2: Let's see. Is there a check to not get a big head? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ego check. Confidence check. Roll for ego. Yeah,
4: yeah roll for ego.
6: I just, yeah. You just
4: have that face. We've talked about it.
6: <laughs> you, you might be right. What? When do we leave, you say? And he, like, points over to the small child, two tables across the establishment. Well, we have some other individuals, friends, in fact, who are going to be joining us for this meeting this evening. And they were just finishing up their meal.
4: One of them is actually named Friend.
6: Yeah, that was confusing for a moment.
1: Can you point him out? Who are you talking about?
7: Friend would actually be standing because... You called somebody friend at the start of that conversation, so he would just be standing and, like, looking <laughs> in that direction.
6: Oh, well, it's in fact those individuals, uh, two tables back behind you, over your right shoulder, not your left, um, the large one standing, the, the golem named friend.
1: And they're your friends!
6: That's what they told us, yes.
3: Um, I, I don't know if you noticed, um, but that one's a rock.
5: Hildegard would smile and wave shyly at the squirrel person.
3: Thistle wool wave back. Is Talking Rocks normal here? I've never seen that before.
4: They exist. You know, I just kind of accepted
3: it. It's not the most
6: uh, strange or uncommon thing that I've that
1: I've seen, unfortunately.
3: New town, new things?
1: I'm sure we'll see more of them. Mm, new friends, new adventures. Yeah, just let me finish my cheese and broccoli.
3: Thistle is um, way too excited to eat at a normal pace and they are now just like <laughs> shoveling the rest of their food into their mouth.
1: You gotta chew. You gotta chew a hundred (laughs) times.
3: There's no time. We're gonna go. We're gonna go see new things and experience new things and make new friends. This is the most exciting day ever.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Before we go, how about you uh, treat us to a drink and we'll uh, talk about business and get get the whole team together over here at one table. There's a couple of seats left.
6: You know what? That sounds like a... Splendid idea. Um and Lucian would excuse himself and start walking away from the table closer to like the main bar so we can go see if he can pick up enough drinks and then to call everyone over to the table where we've got
0: uh Harlow and Thistle here.
4: Kiris is just gonna stare at Hildegard until she comes over.
0: Kiris <laughs> <laughs> doesn't wear armor, right?
4: No. Kiris does not wear armor. And
7: if Friend notices Kiris staring at Hildegard, Friend will just like rock shuffle
6: <laughs> in front of Hildegard and just stand
7: there. And then because friend is kind of afraid of Kerys, is trying to look as non-sentient as possible. Just trying to go basically back to like the pose <laughs> that they were in when Hildegard met them. I am
4: a statue.
0: <laughs> now, for roleplay reasons, uh, when when me and when Harlow and Thistle came in, Kyrus was already here. But Hildegard and Friend came in after us, correct? Correct, yes. And then Lucian came in. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Uh, so, Lucian, you say that you are going to go and try to get some drinks from the bar. How are you going about that?
6: Um, well, first and foremost, um, with a swagger that is unnecessary. To Get that out of the way. And <laughs> Once he kind of gets up to the bar, he's kind of going to do that thing where he rest his elbow on the bar. and rest his head kind of like in the crook there a little bit. And is just waiting patiently um, to get someone's attention. Um, maybe batting the eyes just a smidge to do their best.
2: Uh, so as Lucien goes up to the bar, shortly afterwards, the bartender comes over.
6: Boy, oh, Yes, what can I get you? Oh, I was hoping to get around for, um, my new friends that I've gathered, and points back behind him to the left, to the table where Kyrus and Thistle and Harlow currently are. Um, so it'll be, one, two, three, four, um, well, I'll need, I'll need six, um, I guess maybe, oh my goodness, and, Like he looks back over to the child. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, well, I'm gonna need some waters, <laughs> and I'm gonna need a few ales as well. And he puts down, uh, like, two silver coins, and he's like, oh, um, and he like leans like he's embarrassed. How, how, how much will this get me? Uh, let's see, two
2: silver coins. We're gonna say that this will. I could be nice probably and give you probably three ales, three waters, and yeah, for for two silver. That's. I. I feel bad for the child, and the rock just scuffed up my floor and so maybe by giving him some water or something he'll sit down again and hopefully not break my chairs. Otherwise, though, like, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I could give you, mate.
6: That that seems more than reasonable. In fact, that poor child, they, they don't even have any socks or shoes. This is, your kindness is going a long ways. A very long ways, indeed.
2: He grabs the money and then just passes over three glasses with some water in it, and then three tankards of ale. Says, all right, just make the rock sit,
6: please. <laughs> yes. And and <laughs> cautiously at that. Understood? Thank you very much.
4: Curious is just gonna walk up behind him and put ten silver oh. on the bar and just be like We we're, we're all drinking. I don't we're not having three. <laughs> all all ales, please, and maybe a sandwich. I don't need the broccoli Cheddar, whatever. <laughs> do, do you want food?
6: You would watch Lucian's eyes kind of like light up with you dropping this
5: money.
4: She just looks at Lucian. They all ate broccoli cheddar. I don't.
6: I would love something to eat. In fact, and it's on you. In fact, are you, are you sure you're okay
4: with this? That's. <laughs> she just igno- like looks back and ignores you. All right, all all ales, like two sandwiches, maybe like a snack to go.
2: He just kind of starts counting it all out then. All right, so uh, go ahead and have a seat. I'll bring over the food shortly. Uh, do you want all of the ale now or do you want like some of it now and then you come back for more? Like,
4: No, all of it now. Okay. Please. P- please.
2: <laughs> uh, he gets the 10 things of ale, uh, starts lay- laying them out on the bar and then after he gets all of those done, right, I'll bring you your sandwiches over shortly. And in terms of snacks, uh, we've got some some fried potatoes uh, that some people take for some snacks. Do you
4: have peanuts?
2: We... (laughs) No. No. I believe we might have some peanuts. Uh, I'll have to check and see if our shipment is coming.
5: Tanner's delayed reaction.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
7: the the bartender calls back a uh, Fred. Fred, get yeah. the peanuts.
6: <laughs> Fred, did the peanuts come in?
2: <laughs> no, but he uh says uh, I could probably get you a small bag of peanuts and maybe some fried potatoes, uh, and then maybe even some, uh, you know, some fruit slices that we have for some people.
4: She just looks back at Hildegard. Yeah, fruit is probably a good idea.
2: Yeah, I mean, that kid looks like they could use some some food, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring that up to you. Uh, do you want the snacks now, or do you want them whenever you leave? Are they like a travel snack, or are they a right-now snack?
4: Travel snack.
2: Okay. Uh, I'll have them here waiting for you whenever you're ready to go. Just snag them as you are leaving,
6: all right?
4: She'll grab a bunch of the ales Go over and put two in front of old man Harlow Thank
6: you (laughs) Lucian helps you carry over the
5: rest (laughs) When Kiryas makes her way over to the bar And is no longer at the table Hildegard will, at that point, approach the table And uh, sit down uh, next to Harlow across from Thistle Hello there And then she'll just sit quietly Hello Not much for conversation
7: Golem will follow, Hi. our friend
3: So you're with the rock person?
7: Yes, this is Friend I'm Friend
3: Hi Friend, I'm Thistle, Thistle Featherfoot It's a pleasure to meet you
7: You're, are you from the forest? I am, how'd you guess? I've seen so many creatures like you Petrie's from the forest And Friend will point to his head And it's just a similarly colored uh, Two Thistle,
5: maroonish brown um, Finch uh, Sitting upon Friend's head Oh, friend, friend, uh, th- this was a, a clappin, not, not just a, a squirrel. Oh, they're different?
3: Yes, um, I can talk.
7: <laughs> I, I guess that makes sense. I'm different than the rocks that you see, because I can also talk.
3: That's exactly, very true. Yes. I've never met someone like you before.
7: I've never met somebody like you. And friend is just going to reach his arm out. Just palm up, not really sure what to do towards Thistle. (laughs) Just trying to extend all he knows is to point and so he's just (laughs) reaching out.
3: Is he is he pointing?
7: Just like palm or just palm up. And reached out, just (laughs) anything.
3: Um (laughs) Thistle is going to very slowly extend their hand as well. Just like a is this something rock people do? Just kinda like place (laughs) their hand in your hand.
7: It's very small, right?
3: yes, little little fuzzy how squirrel big is hand. thistle can you remind us? yes, yes. Um, thistle <laughs> thistle actually probably needs to stand on their chair to reach your hand., uh, they're only two foot nine, very small little <laughs> colorful squirrel, that maroonish kind of purple color that fades into the orangey yellow around their hands and feet and their face. They've got this big pinky orangish nose and big brown eyes and um, fluffy, super fuzzy ears that are just always turning every which way, just trying to catch, pick up on, on exciting new things. Their tiny, tiny hand reaches into yours.
5: <laughs> Hildegard, more friends. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm glad to meet you both. We've been hoping that we can, uh, find a, a safe place with lots of good friends here.
0: Yeah, old man Harlow kind of narrows his
1: eyes <laughs> at Lucian and <laughs> Kiris. Yeah. That would be really nice, wouldn't it?
6: (laughs) (laughs) I I think so fortunate we are. Look no further. I think you have found your friends here in the city of Posh, and it is us.
4: I just gave you ale. Oh, yes!
5: I'll raise (laughs) my glass. Hildegard grabs the ale and starts drinking it. Oh, thank you, Kiris. I'm uh, not usually allowed to drink this except on holidays and
4: festivals. Yeah, drink it up fast. We actually have some place to be. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thistle two hands,
3: just chugs until it's empty. Slams the cup down on the table and goes, what's next?
6: For you, water, I think, would be, would be advised.
2: <laughs> Bartender comes over, drops off your sandwiches as well, too, and reminds you your snacks are waiting for you.
1: What are these, sandwiches? Snacks? We have snacks, too? Why didn't you get the broccoli cheddar? <laughs>
5: Oh, the broccoli cheddar was good. It's so good. hard to good. take on the road, though. It's just in a bowl.
4: We have, we have to go. I'm not going to carry around soup.
5: It is hard. It is hard to do.
4: She just looks at you like that's the dumbest thing
5: ever. <laughs> Hildegard will grab a sandwich, and then, like, after after it's in her hand, she'll look around and see if it was meant for anyone else.
4: <laughs> just just take the sandwich. <laughs> Please help <laughs> Thank yourself. You. Thank you.
1: Broccoli's really
4: healthy.
5: so so are muffins from what i've heard
1: you should eat at least a cup of broccoli every day there's
5: (laughs) vegetables on the sandwich
6: it does something something terrible to my digestive (laughs) tract.
1: broccoli does
4: or muffins or broccoli muffins muffins do you have muffins
6: oh heavens no
3: broccoli kind of looks like muffins
6: if there's broccoli in them send them back (laughs)
5: <laughs> Hildegard gets a distant look, like she picked something out of someone's brain without it having actually been said, and she'll just kind of sit with that for a moment.
3: All right, when do we go? Are we going now?
4: I'm going to go grab snacks, and then we're going to leave.
6: Oh, yes, okay, the very, just very important thing. <laughs> yes, um, I well, will. go. I'll go collect the um the travel snacks as as you have requested, and. Look at this, look at this group. Yes, I think we should we should make make haste. And he kinda leaves the table and goes to collect the travel snacks.
7: Was there a second sandwich?
2: There there was a second sandwich.
7: If nobody grabbed a second sandwich, friend would grab it and put it away. Friend, however, doesn't need to eat, but friend would be hanging on to it for Hildegard because oh. she's been hungry.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So yeah, as everyone gathers up their belongings, you grab the travel snacks, uh, and you leave the tavern, Lucian will lead the way to the university. It's, it's about an hour's walk from the university to the tavern. The only reason why Lucian had even gone to this one was just because he has burned all of his other bridges. And so uh,
6: he had to walk quite a ways away. They should stop making them out of wood in this town, to be quite honest with you.
2: <laughs> but uh, after about an hour of travel, you head over where you see the only... Uh, doors that are open right now are the doors leading to the auditorium. You enter in through the doors, you find the seating area that people will lounge typically during intermissions from any kind of plays, things of that nature. You see a, uh, you know, grand piano in the corner meant for occupying individuals, uh, some very large chandeliers hanging overhead. and you see two guards standing, protecting the entranceway leading further into the auditorium. They don't appear to be on high alert or anything like that. They just appear to be doing very minimal guard duty. They don't look like they're ready to attack anyone who has walked through the door or anything. Uh, But you have, you know, one guard who, you know, is a, an older human. Uh, He appears to, you know, be a pretty grizzled veteran guard And the other is a kind of younger, uh, another human male definitely appears to be learning. Uh, You can see that he kind of looks inquisitively at the older gentleman as soon as you all walk in before the older guard speaks up.
6: Welcome. How can I help you? Lucien steps forward. Um, Oh, yes. Thank you. I was looking for some assistance. Um, me and the group that I'm here leading uh, this this evening, we were hoping to proceed onward. We are hoping to join into the meeting, and it kind of turns around. It starts like looking down the aisle, the row of folks that we have brought. Um, I've been speaking with Dean Livingston, and we have some individuals here who are rising stars of of, of the local community, interested in some of the business, the happenings, the goings on, and hoping to get some better insight into. How these important decisions are made and i was tasked to go and collect them i do apologize for for being late give me
2: give me a charisma check on that one
6: might i hit you with persuasion we are going to say you can do
2: persuasion uh that however i think will be raising the dc a little bit uh unless you have another skill you want to try
6: Oh, I'll get you deceiving. It seems more appropriate. Okay, we can do deceiving. And that is going to be a total of 17.
2: 17. Okay. Uh, yes. So the guard... uh, You said Dean Livingston.
6: I did say that, yes.
2: Okay. Yeah. He looks over at the, the younger guard. Sometimes they don't give us updated invitation lists. I have no idea why that happens. It is extremely aggravating because then something like this happens and you look like an asshole because I don't see their names on the list. And so now I have to do some extra checks and make sure. All right. So everyone come over here. I need any weapons. Uh, So any weapons that you have on you, I need you to turn in for while you're in the meeting. You'll get it back afterwards but all weapons need to be tended.
3: As long as we get them back.
5: Hildegard pulls a large kitchen knife out from a fold in her robe and hands it over. (laughs) This
2: guard looks at the knife (laughs) and just kind of shakes his head a little bit before taking it. And then
5: what name? Uh, My name, uh, Hildegard.
2: He writes down Hildegard on it, wraps it around it, and then sets it down inside of a, uh, a little crate that's sitting behind the piano.
5: I've, uh, I've also got this stick. Do I need to hand it over? Can I keep it? I like the leaves on it.
2: He kind of looks at it a little bit. What kind of stick is it? Is it just like a like a walking stick or is it like a staff?
5: Yeah, it's like... I mean, I use it as a walking stick. It has, I think, the stats of a quarter staff, but it's literally okay. just like a tree branch, like a, a pine tree branch, okay. thick enough that it works as a walking stick, but it's nothing, like, crafted. It's got some live bark on the edge, that kind of stuff.
2: He looks at it and just waves his hand like he's uh like he can't be bothered uh just gesturing it's fine if you keep it. Friend would be a very close second (laughs) behind Hildegard. Uh he stops and looks up at you looks down at Hildegard (laughs) is this your golem?
5: Uh it's my friend yes.
2: Okay anything to declare any special magical looks up at at friend? Any special magical abilities we need to know about?
7: Um I could point you where you need to go
2: you see him check a box and just wave his hand for a friend to walk <laughs> by <laughs> as he's just shaking his head a little bit
4: Kira's just gonna walk up I can't, by the way she's covered in weapons that's <laughs> <laughs> the like classic no like, armor, Aragorn only we- hold on yeah she takes out two kopeshes off her back puts those down takes three javelins out put those down a hand axe off her hip puts that down uh looks down reaches at her pocket pulls out some brass knuckles puts those down and she just looks at him and she's like i i think that's it
2: the guard is staring at this now pile of weapons in front of him with his eyes just kind of wide and not saying anything name sophia <laughs> he writes sophia and wraps it around <laughs> the handle of one of them and like bundles them all together and is trying to like gently lift them up and put them all in a pile before. Alright, next.
4: Be careful, they're very valuable. Don't, don't scratch those.
2: I, I plan on not touching them. Alright, next.
3: Thistle walks up and reaches into their pack and pulls out two little carving knives and takes a dagger out, hands those over, and uh, digs all the way down into the bottom of their bag and pulls out a wood-splitting axe, hands that over, and then will very, very reluctantly remove their short bow and their quiver of arrows and hand those over and say don't let anything happen to these i made them myself just kind impressive. of impressive adam name thistle
2: writes it down wraps it around sets them all over to the side sets the bow literally makes eye contact with you and just sets it down so slowly and gently that it seems to almost be not moving before letting go and going back <laughs> very good and waves waves his hand as he nods at you
6: (laughs) and next Lucian steps forward and he takes off the loot from his back and kind of like holds it forward this is really all that I have do I do I have to check my instruments Do do you have weapons Oh yes, um, I'm wearing a pocketed cloak with four, with four knives sewn into the uh, the threading of the cloak itself, and even on the front of the loot, it looks like it has these remarkably like intricate inlays on the front of it. One of them is actually just the hilts of of, of a flame sword that goes into it and comes out of it, but it looks like a beautiful pearlescent inlay. If anyone's just looking at it, give me give me a charisma check big money. Yeah, can I have persuasion for this or do you want something else? You could do persuasion if you wanted. Okay, it's gonna be a total of 16. Wow!
2: Okay. What? He is going to make a very quick check. Uh, he has another plus three to this. Okay. So he just waves his hand past you, just shaking his head again. He appears to be very annoyed by all of this um, and you're not sure if that's because of like the the stuff you guys are getting or because you weren't on the list and he's annoyed at someone else for not putting you on the list.
6: While Lucian is walking by and like going through all this process like noting how angry frustrated and seeing that there's a new person that you've already described as obviously still learning kind of like leans in and whispers to this older guard honestly it's very kind of you to be teaching the ropes to this, this new one here I know this job can't be easy um, you're doing excellent work and then it just kind of keeps on going. Just
2: kind of like looks down a little bit before writing down, you know, his little note. Alright, I lost you, points at Harlow.
0: Yeah, Harlow has made his way to like a chair while this was going on, <laughs> catching his breath.
1: Would slowly stand up and make his way across the room and say, I don't have anything. You can take my cane if you want to take a cane away from an old man. <laughs>
2: He is going to go ahead and give me a charisma check on that. Hmm. Let's see. Alright. I got a seven. <laughs> you have a do you have a cestus or a pair of brass knuckles?
0: Yeah, I have like cestus padded glove things going on.
2: He kind of looks and he sees the the cestus in your uh, like kind of like in your pocket way down a little bit. He's like He just holds out his hand.
1: Oh, uh, sure. You can have my gloves. Name? Harlow.
2: Writes it down. You're going to get them back. We're not trying to confiscate them. It's just no weapons allowed inside. And he just sets it down. All right. Through the doors. Uh, try to seat in the left-hand side. Uh, the right-hand side are, uh, military personnel. So, as you go, as you enter the door, he points directly straight down the hall Go through the door, turn left, go through there, have a seat inside one of the uh, benches there. The meeting should be starting here very
6: shortly. Just because I want to be fair, did he ask for uh, Lucian's name?
5: He did not, because you did not give him anything. Okay, thank you. I, I should also note that Hildegard has five other knives on her person. But mechanically, they have the concealed <laughs> tag. So unless he's like physically patting me down, with all of the distraction going on, I don't think that that would be noted.
2: All right, uh, but you guys have now been granted access.
4: You all, all judged right. the fiend blood, but I didn't sneak shit in. <laughs> the animals were honest.
6: At a certain point, you forget what honesty means.
4: Kears <laughs> will just walk straight where he said.
2: Uh, Yeah, so as you open the door, you do look out and see a very large kind of cathedral-like auditorium. As you enter in through, you find, you know, the seating over to the left that the guard was indicating. Uh, You see that there are a large number of military personnel here that all appear to be kind of spaced out, and you see a... Uh, What appears to be a sort of royal looking individual uh, wearing a different uniform than everyone else standing on the stage, kind of surveying the crowd and waiting for everyone to get their seats and to kind of settle down so that they could start to speak.
4: Is there a person in here that looks like they're taking notes or something?
2: Give me an awareness check.
4: Can I do investigating? Sure. 13.
2: Looks like there's an individual close to the front of the stage uh, in one of their very first rows on the side opposite of you who appears to have a pad and pen uh, and looks like they might be taking notes. Uh, There's also, as you kind of survey the room and you look up, there's another individual on one of the balconies who also appears to have a pad and pen and might be taking notes. So on the left-hand side that you're on, you do see two other individuals not wearing military uniforms. Uh, but they appear to be wearing more of university style clothing they do not appear to be uh, taking notes at the moment and you do see that in the front row so you see two individuals in the very front row directly in front of this person on the stage you see a man in a very well adorned uh, almost decorated posh and military uniform The one in the military uniform is a human, an elderly human individual. And then the individual sitting next to him is a satyr who is, you know, like I said, wearing very neatly adorned robes and appears to be a mage of some sort. And both of them are sitting at the very front of this meeting.
4: Okay, she's just gonna take mental note of faces and put her hood up and sit towards the back.
6: Can Lucian make a, uh, a a passion politics role to see if he recognized some of these important individuals?
2: Absolutely, you can.
6: That's going to be a total of twelve.
2: So two <laughs> of these individuals you recognize immediately, the well-adorned military man is... Uh, someone that you have learned is named General Tovald. So he is the autocrat for Posh. Uh, he is the head of the autocracy in Posh. The satyr you recognize immediately anyway being a student at the university. And this is Dean Livingston. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. And anyone have anything else?
3: This was just going to be standing on their chair.
5: Uh, Hildegard would definitely just be uh, keeping an eye on her surroundings, both for threats and uh, for, like, loose change.
6: <laughs> uh, you can
5: give me an awareness check. Awareness, okay. Um, This is not an awareness skill. I am skilled in scavenging, if you would allow luck in, in that instance.
2: Uh, For the... For the looking for money, yes. Okay. Yes, I will
5: allow that.
4: It's more important. Thank you.
5: One. Right, yeah. 13 on looking for money and <laughs> uh, 15 on looking for threats. Okay. In terms
2: of threats, this is a pretty lockdown area. Hildegard, upon searching around, realizes very quickly that she is not in any danger in here. Everyone that is around you appears to be either, uh, you know, high up university personnel or high up military personnel but no one is even paying any of you any mind besides just a couple of glances here and there on the new individuals who just walked in
5: muscles in her back and shoulders that she was not aware were tense slowly just relax
2: in terms of looking for money You find a total of ten silver coins scattered uh, across, like, under seats, (laughs) inside of, like, in the crooks of the bench, everything like that. You actually find a decent amount of uh, loose change just kind of laying around as you walk from the auditorium entrance all the way to your seat. That is how much you have found. Nice.
7: Friend is going to make a mental note of Hildegard looking for money. And just pocket that for later.
2: <laughs>
7: <laughs> friend would also be very, again, if Hildegard is sitting there on the edge, standing back to statuesque and just listening to everything. Really just kind of turning off all the
2: senses except for uh, their hearing. So as everyone comes in and has a seat, you see the individual standing on the stage, kind of look around. Uh, look down at the two sitting, seating in the very first row, and you see them kind of nod their head. And the individual on the stage his throat. clears his throat. Members of the council. For those who do not know me, I am Fenfear elmwish I am a representative of the council and the Queen Araleth Ultano of the House Ultano. We request a meeting of grave importance. As everyone here is aware, the Skyfire led to the necessity of Jehosarin and Qi to secede from one another, to properly allocate resources. Our neighbor, Rashalan took advantage of that opportunity and annexed our neighbor, Chi, into themselves, as they have with so many of their surrounding areas. In the last three cycles, our border guards have apprehended or killed multiple Rashalani scouts as they attempted to cross our borders. This surge of activity from Rashalan has us concerned what has prompted the sudden desire to infiltrate Jehozran land, and why now? We have begun to prepare potential safe havens for our citizens on the off chance that Roshelan's advances become more aggressive. We have begun etching our way into the mountains and will retreat there should their efforts become boldened. We beseech the Council to offer aid in this time of need, to honor our pact and determine the cause of Roshelan's sudden interest in our lands. Will you honor this request of Queen Ultano? Thank you. And you see him sit down in the chair that they have placed on the stage as you see the audience begin to start talking in a very dull murmur. You hear phrases both in concern of Chehosrin and what this would mean for Posh. As these murmurs begin to escalate to heightened speech and starts to become a dull roar. What are you guys' kind of thoughts or actions in this moment.
5: Hildegard is is watching Lucian and Kiris to get kind of a sense of their opinion of this. She like I mean she's her her initial needs of safety being met, she's interested in this um conundrum. She uh, has been aware of this conflict, but has never been like directly in conversation with it. I mean she's in a she's from a small town on the other end of Pesh, so it's it's all been kind of like far off news to her so she's very interested in like what this could mean but um is is waiting for basically one of the adults in the room to say something
6: (laughs) without without a doubt um there would be a a a sudden change in the air around lucian this was very much this was just an exciting thing something to sneak into just some type of trouble to get into and now that it's not what he expected, something much, much heavier, not just some like random update. He sees Hildegard looking for that, I guess, acknowledgement. What do I do? And Lucian is going to scooch further down to get closer to Hildegard on that. Um, just to be close, just to be present, um, and he's going to try to calm. He's just an exude a calmness about him, even if it is very much a performance.
4: Once the murmur starts getting a little bit louder and people are a little bit more distracted within their own conversations and discussions. Kyrus is going to go up a few rows towards the center to sit behind where the general and the dean are, not directly behind them, but within a little bit more of a direct earshot to try to catch some of what they might be discussing about this point. Meanwhile, she's taking notes. In her own shorthand, though. So, legal shorthand. yeah, Legal shorthand.
2: I am going to ask for... We're going to probably say an awareness check for that to see how much... You can tell that they're trying to keep their voices down enough to try not to be overheard as they discuss between mm-hmm. the two of them. So go ahead and give me an awareness check for theirs.
4: Is that another one I can use investigating on or no?
2: I'm gonna say no. Okay. This is a little bit more of like an eavesdropping.
4: That's a thirteen. And persona wise, she's kind of just acting like she's a student, just getting a little bit closer to hear a little bit better and taking notes, trying not to give away that she's listening in.
2: So I just rolled some I just rolled for something and it was a six. So you can overhear enough of the conversation where you hear the discussion, okay, so, but what, which direction should we go right now? Because it sounds like they need assistance with determining what Roshalan is doing, but what if we don't find the information in time? Maybe we should have someone help with their plan to retreat to the mountains. I know I was speaking with Elmush earlier, and it sounds like there's things in the mountain that have been causing problems. So what if we ask, you know, I guess let's see what the other magisters and what everyone else has to say, and then we will go from there, okay? And this is what you're hearing from Dean Livingston, and you see General Toval just kind of nod his head a little bit before standing up and turning around to address the rest of the auditorium. You hear him kind of clear his throat. (sighs) He holds his hand up into the air and the entire auditorium just stops speaking immediately. The amount of respect they have for this man is tantamount. And so as he holds his hand up and it gets quiet, he raises it back down. Posh has succeeded because of how we address all of our problems. We weigh both positives and negatives of ingraining ourselves into any sort of conflict. For those here at the university, a sort of cost-benefit analysis, so to speak, that has awarded us quite a bit of benefits over the years. We have grown to how we are by utilizing this. This scenario is no different. Everyone here is gathered because you are either knowledgeable in your field or you have something to contribute to this conversation so i ask you the people of posh what do you think we should do do you hear still silence as general tovald starts to scan the room and he is going to he is going to see harlow city just <laughs> seated yusa do you have any thoughts
4: kirs's head snaps back <laughs>
0: He would just shrug and look over to uh,
1: Thistle and be like, No, I don't. Maybe maybe she does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he looks over at Thistle. And you, small one, any thoughts?
3: We can't let Roshelan annex anyone else. I mean, they've, they've gone far enough already. We have to do something.
2: Simple. Concise. They raise a good point. Does anyone have an argument to the contrary? What are some of the costs that we might incur by ingraining ourselves
5: in any way? Hildegard would raise her hand. Yes, child. Well, I, uh, I agree with my, my new friend there. I, I think that we need to stop Rochelon. I mean, I, uh, there was this bard that used to travel and visit me, uh, me village, and uh, she always told me stories of, um, of the Dinosaur Wars from ages ago. And the the tyrants were only stopped when when multiple other kingdoms decided to make an alliance and and work together to stop the the bad guys from taking everything over. And it was complicated because they all had to weigh each other's. Um, oh, they had to feed everyone, and some of the people like it was complicated. Um, economists, I think, is what you call it, uh, to try to get the. Uh, supplies and uh, trade routes. Uh, make sure that those are consistent. Make sure everyone's happy, um, or at least provided for if not happy. So it's it's more complicated with more people, but it's still the right thing to do. Because if you don't stand together, then uh, it's easier for for bad guys to take you out. Friends can keep you safe.
2: You see, Dean Livingston, kind of look over, nod his head. I'm glad someone's learning something
5: at my university. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, very much. Hildegard misses the, the miscommunication there. She's just like, yeah, I'm learning.
2: <laughs> General Tovald, this is the moment where anyone who wishes to argue against any sort of intervention, this is the moment when you speak up, because I seek to make my decision shortly. Going once.
4: Curious is just going to like look him in the eye and just be like, How many lives are you willing to lose?
2: Preferably none.
4: Doing what the child just spoke of will lose a lot.
2: The difference between Posh and other regions, I would never ask any of my people to do anything I would not be willing to do. And that is why they sign up. That is why they volunteer for the missions. The only ones who will be infiltrating Rushalon borders at this time will be those who volunteer to go, those who will be assisting Chahosrin in their efforts to expand their escape tunnels will be volunteers.
4: And you're just okay with people volunteering to die?
2: Posh is a free country. If people are willing to volunteer to assist their neighbors, I am not to stop them. They will be briefed on the dangers. They will be briefed on what could happen. If they wish to continue at that point, that is well within their rights.
4: She she just smirks and she's like, sounds like your decision's already been made. Then why ask the people?
2: My decision could be changed. Again, I do not tell my people to do anything. I ask for their input and then we'll make a decision at that point. I am not a dictator.
4: She just nods a little bit and goes back to scratching in her, her scratch pad.
2: All right, then it is decided. We shall start looking for a contingency to enter into Roshelan to start attempting to discern the sudden uptick in their scouts' crossing of Chehosrin borders. And now I would ask for any volunteers to go and assist Chehosrin. a much less dangerous mission, but not without its dangers. They are seeking to burrow into the mountains, as you heard, but they could use some assistance in doing so, whether that be in the Mining of the mountains themselves, or protection from the beasts that lurk there?
7: Friend's head would roll down their body, (laughs) and he'll catch it in his hands. And to (laughs) Hildegard, he'll quietly ask, Are are we making friends,
5: or are we making enemies? Hildegard starts to answer, and instead gazes into the middle distance and makes no response.
7: Friend will just put his head back on right, and go back non-sentient as a statue
2: at that point uh general tovald will say anyone who would like to be part of the Roshalani contingency or the Chahosrin relief effort please come see me and mr elmwish as he then kind of adjourns everything and heads over to uh Fenfyr and you see people starting to disperse or form little groups and start to discuss amongst themselves.
6: So towards the second part of this this, this debrief, and especially with Kiris asking those specific questions, this this like washing over of Lucian that this wasn't just potentially some exciting endeavor to get into some trouble this evening, but it's coming to this idea that maybe Kiris knew something that there was something to be expected and so as if kiris is coming and walking and coming back to the rest of the group you would most likely see lucian tapping finger to chin kind
4: of eyeing you up and down <laughs> she'll just walk straight up to you well that was interesting
3: why did you ask those questions it sounded like you didn't want anyone to help
4: that's a very good question indeed i feel like those questions need to be asked in these meetings it should always matter who's going to die and who's going to fight. It's easy to say we should defend ourselves. It's easy to say we should go with, on the offense. But it's not easy to say whose lives are going to be sacrificed while doing so. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that moment when you have no idea what to say. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> that is a good
4: point. <laughs> I'm not saying that Posh shouldn't help, I'm not saying that Roshlan should just be able to do what they want, I'm just saying somebody else needs to be asking the questions.
6: They're very good questions to ask, but I don't know exactly where you call home, but we've known this was on the horizon. This is… it's just a bit sudden for me, this is not how I anticipated spending my evening. And he like looks around to Hildegard, to Thistle, to the, <laughs> to the air quote marks that we brought in here.
4: Children, to the children we brought to this. <laughs> it's an education.
3: I hadn't realized things had gotten this bad. Anytime anyone would bring up anything remotely political back at home, Mum and dad would be really quick to shut
4: it down. And you notice this was a lockdown meeting. The information isn't always out there.
5: Yeah, it doesn't seem like a good way to get volunteers if it's locked down and not open to the public. She gets it.
6: <laughs> my understanding is to be correct, and he like looks around the room again. They already have a good idea of who they would have wanted to invite. I imagine they've selected the creme de la creme of the potential volunteers and brought them to this space. At least, if that is my intuition, at least.
4: Do you want to help? We can go sign up. Not really, now. <laughs> Okay, we got one now.
3: I mean, I feel like we should do something. I this was all very exciting to get in, but now I'm feeling a bit out of place.
4: Is there something we
5: can do to help from here?
3: Thistle will look towards the adults. No. Yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Lucian is um, for, with all for all the bravado and all of the facade that he carries himself with. There's. Something, I guess, in real experience, and so as he's like looking back and forth between the people who are like waiting for answers, he glances over to Old Man Harlow and is trying to get a read on <laughs> what, what, what vibe, what energy, what thoughts does this individual have after hearing all of this.
0: Old Man Harlow, he definitely <laughs> looks like he's uh, taking it all in. He's got a very serious look on his face, but then you kind of look closer, and you, it's, he might be asleep.
3: I was just going to say, was he sleeping through the meeting? <laughs> Too much soup.
6: Too much soup.
4: <laughs> Too much soup. That's why you don't eat soup before meetings. Um,
3: noticing that he might be sleeping, uh, this was going to give him a quick jab in the shoulder.
1: Hmm? What? Is it S- over?
3: This is important. We're trying to figure out if we're saving lives or if we're just standing by.
1: I think they already made up their mind. It's like our new friend here said.
5: I do want lies to be safe. This I want to help people, I'm just not sure if I'm ready to go somewhere so dangerous. There's a way to help people from, from here, I'd rather do that. But I agree it's important not to do nothing.
3: My family is back in Shehosren, so if there's anything that we can do to make sure that they stay as safe as possible, I'm-
5: You- you have family in Shehosren? Yeah,
3: it's that's where I'm from.
5: Hildegard seems deep in thought, or deep in memory. Well, we should help. We should help your family at least. I feel it's my place
6: to- to speak up and share. If my recent studies are to be of any use, this is not necessarily a question of should we get involved, but more so a question of when and how. If this is on our doorstep, the question is, do we step forward and answer the door, or do we wait for them to come knocking? I for one, you cannot tell already, prefer to be the one who opens the door.
3: Not everyone who receives that knock is going to be able to open the door, so... If we can, I think it might be our duty to.
5: I'm confused about which door we're talking about now. Oh, There's a, a, a metaphor.
3: It, it, it
6: is. It's a turn of phrase. Yes, I'm, I, just, okay, I do apologize.
5: Right. No, that's all right. I just think I, that's usually not a good place to hide. You want to be in a closet at least. But, <laughs> okay, I, I think I'm on the same page now.
4: Okay, but if you were in the closet with the door and somebody knocked on the door, why would anyone knock it's on a inevitable. closet?
5: You know they're up to trouble if they're knocking on a closet, that's not normal behavior.
3: Why would you be in the closet to begin with?
4: They might know you're in there. Right, which- How sneaky mm, are you?
5: I-I try to be pretty sneaky. Again, she, like, makes eye contact with Curious and then immediately breaks it.
4: <laughs> I mean, we could go to the mountains, who said it wouldn't be that
5: dangerous.
4: You have a kitchen knife, you're fine.
5: Thistle, I want to be sure that your family is safe.
3: Me too.
4: So we're going to walk through the door.
5: Both literally and metaphorically. Right, yes, yes, yes.
4: She gets it. I'm starting to think she's the smartest one here.
5: Hildegard nods, her eyes like a little bit wide.
4: Think what you want, that's your opinion.
5: (laughs) 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 Hildegard will blush a little bit at at the compliment.
6: This is the challenging part, at least as my understanding. The troubadours... The great storytellers—they don't necessarily start their ballads or their tales at the deciding points. Usually, they start at the climactic part. I don't read or sing much about these types of meetings. I apologize for being somewhat begrudgingly
4: out of my elements
6: here.
3: I think we're all a little bit out of our elements, honestly. All
4: right, old man, will you die if we walk to the mountains?
3: <laughs>
1: I, I certainly hope not. <laughs>
4: Do do you think you can make it? Will we have to carry you? He's made it this far. All right. So 50-50 chance. That's good enough.
2: As you guys look around, you see that the auditorium is almost completely cleared out, except for the three primary individuals and then a group of five that are standing on the stage right now, speaking to uh, Ambassador Elmwish and General Tovald. And then you see, after just a few moments, they all kind of bow their heads a little bit and then begin to leave.
4: Well, we're all that's left. Our turn.
6: So is Sam's.
4: we will just start walking up to the front? You gotta do something, can't do nothing.
3: Thistle will
5: follow suit. Right, I volunteer as tribute.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you, you're not a tribute, don't say that. <laughs>
2: Uh, as as the party heads over to the stage, you see that Ambassador Elmwish kind of hops down. General Tovald steps down. Yes, um, are you here to volunteer?
5: I reckon we are.
2: Well, fantastic. So the contingency that just left is currently going to be our infiltration contingency. They are going to start preparing for their trek to Rashalan, which means that we are still looking for assistance in Chehosrin if that is what you wish to do
4: of course i wouldn't bring children to infiltrate
2: well i was hoping that you would say that but i'm not that young i, I am not going to make assumptions so to speak I will actually hand you off here to Ambassador Elmwish. Uh, in order to get to Chehoserin you will be taking their ship. It is a direct path along the river from the bay to Jehozerin's um, dock. So uh, you will be heading towards Yirisk, the capital city of Chehosrin. Do you have any questions for me from a military standpoint? None of you are in my military, so... There's not probably much I can answer for you. Are you trustworthy? Child, I would like to think so. Some may say no, the majority
5: would say yes. All right, that sounds like an honest answer.
4: For her help, can you provide her with some socks and shoes? Plaid if you have them.
2: I I am more than happy to outfit with any, you know, potential needs such as that that you might require. Excellent. I do not have much in terms of spare weaponry at this moment in time if we are going to be preparing for a potential war. Jehozrin, uh, though, I know has been outfitted recently and should potentially have some assistance for you there. However, I hope to see you back soon after the relief aid has been offered over in Chihosrin. Uh I will expect to receive an update from someone, whether it be you or Jehozrin dignitaries, in the next, we will say... Within at least the next two cycles. For those who are not aware, a cycle would be a month. So within the next two cycles, we would be looking for some form
5: of update. Okay? Could I just have a quick description of these three individuals again? I remember Tovald is a human. Livingstone is a satyr. Both of them are older.
2: Uh, so we've got an older human, uh, older grizzled human male for General Tovald. Dean Livingston is a satyr wearing very um, ornate robes, appears to be, you know, very lost in thought. Some of his fur is, is graying a little bit in some areas, but otherwise doesn't appear to be too terribly, uh, too terribly much older. And then Ambassador Elmwish is a forest elf.
5: Okay, so I guess Hildegard would have no perception of how, like, old or experienced Elmwish is. He's got, like, the elven timelessness.
2: Yes, uh, at this point, General Tovald kind of clasps his hand over his chest and gives a bow. Kitas recognized this is very similar to the salute uh, that she received, say a few weeks ago, upon leaving Vanith. And uh, at which point he will gesture with Dean Livingston, and both of them will get up in order to take their leave. Leaving Ambassador Elmwish, who will, you know, leap down from the top, Thank you very much for your assistance. I am more than thankful in every aspect of the word. I am very hopeful that you will be able to assist us. Because of the potential of invasion, the vast majority of our military forces are currently positioned near the border in case Roshalan decides to make a large move, which has led us mildly vulnerable in terms of our excavation teams we have not had uh, much in terms of defense so uh, that is roughly what we are going to need assistance with is at least in terms of the excavation i don't know how comfortable you all are in terms of combat but you know there might be some help we may need with that however even just assisting in some of the excavation gathering of materials things of that nature would be very helpful so uh, if you will follow me, we will head to the docks and we will start getting ready to leave port. And uh, as you leave, you see that one of the guards has kind of a bundle. Uh, this was for this was for the child, and hands the bundle to Hildegard. And you open it up and there's a few pairs of socks and a uh, new pair of shoes.
5: Oh, thank you. Thank you. She just like hugs it to herself.
2: The socks are a little bit too big. They're just like that, that little bit too big, but the shoes kind of hold them in place. Yeah, she'll like
5: roll them in so that they like pad out appropriately. Also, as we head out, uh, it's well into the night at this point, right? At least past sundown.
2: Yeah, it's it's getting a little bit later. There's accommodations on the boat for everyone to be able to sleep for the night and uh, be able to get some rest.
5: Okay, okay. Anyone who glances at Hildegard's face, especially as we pass through, like, shadow or an area between um, lanterns, would notice that her eyes are, like, catching and reflecting light the same way that, like, a cat's would.
6: Foreshadowing. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs)
5: Interesting. Uh, As
7: we're walking out, a friend would stop Hildegard. Where are we going? And how are we getting there? And who are we helping?
5: Oh, okay. So we're um we're going to Yeresk, It's the capital of uh, Jehosren. We're going to help them against Roshalan because Roshalan is trying to conquer everyone. It's very mean of them. Um, and uh, we are trying to create more safe spaces so that um other people can just not worry about being conquered. Um, we're going on a boat, I think, to get there. And uh, yeah, we're, we're we're hoping that this will prevent Roshalon from attacking anyone else so that, yeah, there's more places where we can just be safe.
7: Okay, um, friends can keep you safe, so let's go find some of those. Exactly,
5: yes. Maybe we'll find your creator. Yeah, I hope so. Hildegard nods, takes his hand.
3: <laughs> Is Harlow staying in the chair?
5: <laughs>
3: yeah, Harlow's <laughs> still sitting back back in the
6: chair. <laughs> the old man's asleep.
3: So I feel like we'll get, like, halfway out and then Thistle will realize that he's not with them. And run back and start like tugging on his sleeve and be like come on we're going
1: oh where are we going
3: <laughs> we're going to save lives oh alright
2: <laughs> <laughs> he starts like wandering a little bit in the wrong direction Thistle has to, <laughs> this way
3: this will plac- <laughs> oh, I feel like here. has gotten used to just having a hand on like the elbow of his sleeve because that's <laughs> where they can reach just kind of making sure he's going in the right direction
4: Got to go back and get our weapons. Better not have scratched my stuff.
2: <laughs> Correct. As, as you are getting ready to leave and as Hildegard receives her socks and shoes, uh, you do get your uh, weapons back. The guards hand you your piles with your names on them, except for Lucien, who has received nothing. <laughs> Just like I like it. You're able to get those and to start heading towards the dock. Uh, the dock itself is about a 45-minute walk from the university it is a uh, decent little walk away. As you uh, pass through the uh, checkpoint, you do see that there is a wall with multiple checkpoints leading to the dock. And those who... Uh, anyone can give me a history check with Posh, if anyone has that. Or can just give me an a intelligence check in general.
5: I do intelligence just from having heard the stories from Traveling parts, but I'm not formally educated. Yeah, two for Hildegard.
3: <gasps> Another Nat one for
5: oh. Thistle. <laughs> L- L- Lucian got
6: a 21 on history. <laughs>
5: <laughs> thistle in the ones Lucian in the 20s just... Yeah, no, that's a, that's a <laughs> spread for sure.
3: Hey, Thistle's never been to posh before. It's fine.
2: Yeah. So uh, Thistle just looks at these walls... And it's super intimidating. <laughs> but, so Lucian, um, you are aware that because Posh is such a central trading hub for most of this region of Gathandia, and because they have the uh, the Poshin Bank and the uh, Lagradan University here, there's quite a few people who come into Posh. And so they have the security checkpoints here just for the safety and security of the city itself. And so as you pass through these security checkpoints, you kind of remember, you know, hearing some of these these stories of why the checkpoints got put into place, you know, potential invaders who have come in, different bandits and, you know, chosen who, you know, sailed the seas, these different sorts of things and are just like,
3: oh,
6: Okay, Putting, I think, some of the things together. I think some of the best tunes are actually some of the the, the hyperbolized versions of things that have got through the checkpoints or what goes on at some of these security points. But you
2: guys do make it to the boat with no issues. You set sail. Everyone gets some rest. Uh, Everyone gets to take a rest if that necessarily matters. I know we haven't really done anything. But uh, everyone does take a rest. And in the morning, as you're sailing along this river, you head up to uh, to the deck. You do see that uh, Ambassador Elmwish is piloting the boat. Appears to be very knowledgeable. There is no other crew at this point in time. Uh, it's some of the Chahozran individuals did stay behind in order to help kind of facilitate any efforts that might be needed. And so as you start heading back... Real quick, can I get an awareness check from everyone?
0: Awareness?
2: Would uh, perceiving help uh, in this uh, instance? Perceiving would be helpful, yes.
4: How about intuiting? Here's my net one.
2: In, intuiting, uh, we are going to say probably not okay. for, this, for this particular instance.
0: Carlo got a dirty 20. It's
5: a three for Hildegard.
2: Ooh, Ooh.
6: and a 7 for
7: Lucian.
3: That is an 8 for Thistle.
2: 21 for Friend. Okay, so Harlow and Golem. So real quick, on the deck of this boat, as you come up and and kind of get hit by the air, uh, Kyrus, your eyes, for some reason, uh, you know, the the Hondu eyes, as soon as you hit the the deck, the, the sunlight hits, it kind of throws you off for a second and so you don't see any of this at all but Golem and Harlow can see approaching the boat three smaller ships. As you glance out to the port side you see one ship coming up towards the bow as another one approaches the rear of the ship. On the starboard side a third and final smaller boat begins to pull up. As you see there's two individuals on the starboard boat There are two more on the rear port boat, and then one kind of larger individual whose skin appears to be almost squid-like in nature. This individual, as you begin to look closer, we are going to say golem, as you look closer, you see that tucked into the neck piece of this thing's shirt are like tentacles coming from its chin. As he yells out,
6: "I, I think you're a little far from home.
2: I think, lads, I think we have a beautiful boat here. You know, we, we're trying to grow our navy. So, how about you turn it over to us?
7: During this, this would have been the first time that you, that anybody would have noticed Friend kind of lets their guard down around Hildegard and isn't so... Uh, protectory follow-behind kind of Hildegard's shadow only because he's noticed that the him in the water is back. So he would have been looking over the side of the boat and <laughs> filling them in with oh what's God. been going on and how they're making friends and they're looking to make more friends. And then if possible, because of my animal companion Freight, with Petrie on my head, like the happy octopus, angry octopus um, stuffed animals... Mm-hmm. Would I be able to, to see or recognize kind of the, the surface level of, of danger with Petrie keeping an eye out during that like perception roll?
2: 100%. You are able to recognize that you are in danger right now? Okay.
7: Friend looking in the water, filling in, realizing danger afoot, will say, Oh, I, I think you should go. And turn to Hildegard. Hildegard, not friends, not friends. And I are walking
2: towards Hildegard. With that, I am going to ask everyone to do me a favor and roll initiative. And Jeez. that is where we are going to end our session tonight. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, Make sure to check out uh, the website, MythCraftRPG.com, to get a free PDF of the core rulebook using coupon code MythCraftThePodcast. And until next time, keep crafting those
3: stories.